Hi, good evening. Are you okay for a bit more? Or do you wish you could go home and have your glass of red wine? How many of you responded then? You guys, just as soon as they red wine, all the lights are on. And we're talking about self-control, for goodness sake. Huh? So that scripture from Timothy says this. He didn't give you a spirit of timidity. He didn't. He did not give you a spirit of timidity. He didn't. So spirit of timidities, timidities, whatever they are, have to go, don't they? Because he gave you a spirit of, what was it? Power? Love. Love. And what? Sound mind. It's self-control in my, that's why I picked this one. And then he reads the wrong version and it doesn't make any sense. But self-control. Um, I've got a little picture to show you the power of self-control, which I found in the nation I was in last week. If we can get that picture up, I hope you can read it. If not, here's what it says. Okay, this is what I found in the nation I was in last week about self-control. It was so apt. Sliming, herb, indication. Sliming this herb is good for the overweighted person who do not want to control food, consuming, and should be taken both male and female. How about that one, eh? Sliming herb. You can have as much of this as you want. Somehow the slime... It says, who do not want to control food consuming and should be taken both male and female. So afterwards, uh, John Todd over there, who's a dear friend, will be selling sliming herb for you at the back, okay? It's a special offer for early summer. (coughs) Sliming herb. Actually, they just missed an M off in case you're wondering what on earth I'm about, okay? It should say slimming herb, obviously. Anyways, and, and um, so this is on self-control tonight. I'm really nervous because I'm a boom or bust person. I like everything or nothing. I can't do in between, so you have to pray for me at the end as well. Like, it isn't really fair when you walk in this particular church that they start offering you chocolates. Could you put your hand up if you're responsible for that tonight, please? You were offering chocolates. Who are you? Where are you? Mary? No, no. Two ladies were offering chocolates at the doorway. Thank you. Do you remember my self-control? Do you remember what I said? I said, <gasps> And then I said, what? No. I said, no. Didn't I do that? Is that right? I did. I, I, I almost. Anyway, I didn't say get behind me, Satan, in case the girl rang out screaming. <laughs> so um, this is, I'm going to just be quick because it's quarter to eight, which seems really late. And um, so, is that, okay, that's, so I want to talk to you just briefly about a person and about my own story. And, um, If that doesn't do it, well, we'll do something else, okay? But the first one I want to talk about is a man called Moses. And here's what it says in Moses. It says in Moses. It says in Numbers 13, it says this. It says, Moses was the humblest man in the whole of the earth. Stunning for a leader of two million people. He was the humblest man in the face of the earth. A word for humblest could also be meek. And meek, listen, means under pressure, you keep your poise. Okay? Can you remember that? So that was the accord to Moses. Then by Numbers 20, it's a little bit sad, and I'm only telling you to show you how it works, is that a point comes in God's people, and they start grumbling again. You know, if anyway we're back in Egypt, and why can't we have onions again, and all that rubbish. And uh, so... 
that was a slight misinterpretation of scripture, but stay with me. because it, and, and it says, why can't we go back to Egypt? Because there was no water. And they began to grumble about the water. I'm having to do this quick for time's sake. I just remember the story. Do you remember that? And they're grumbling and grumbling. And God lie, and Moses lies straight on his face before the Lord. And the Lord says to Moses, get up, speak to that rock. Do you remember the story? And... Uh, and there's something in Moses that's so weary with the crying rebellion of the people, he turns to them and says something like, you rebellious lot, you know, how long is this going to go on for? And if you remember this, oh, it says it behind me. I was about to murder the story. Speak to that rock before the rise. It will pour out as what you'll bring. And the next bit says this. <laughs> the next bit says this. Bless him. I didn't give him these verses. That's the trouble. Anyway, do you remember what happened, don't you? Do you remember? What did he do? He hid it. He got his staff and he struck it twice and water poured out. Do you remember? And you'd think, great, don't blame you, mate. Is that enough of them? Give it a whack. But you know, the serious thing was this was in a moment of time, the meekest man in all the earth, for a moment, he lost self-control. And instead of doing what the Lord said, which was to speak to the rock, he struck it twice God was gracious, water came out, but then it says this, it's a really stunning, it says, the Lord says, because you did not honor me, you will not be able to go into the inheritance that everybody's going into the land. Do you remember that story? Now that sounds heavy, it's not heavy. All I want to say is, I am convinced self-control affects your inheritance. It actually affects how far you go, is this deal of self-control. Somebody once said this, self-control is the core of being a powerful person. So when you think about self-control, you think about don't eat the chocolates. No, it's much more profound about don't eat the chocolates. It's a capacity in you when under immense pressure to maintain your poise and so come through to an even greater inheritance than if you lost it and lashed out. Does that make sense? So it's a kind of interesting deal, isn't it? Self-control is the core of being a powerful person. Have you figured sort of being in charge in the worst of times actually gains you power to go further? Losing it and striking the rock out of anger actually robs you of being able to steward even greater things from God. And I'm not stood here as somebody who's managed this very well. <laughs> if you trace my life story, there are Definitely, and some of people who know me well, I'm looking across at John and Allison who can remember. There are moments when I have lashed out because I just, something inside me thinks, you know what, it's not fair, I've had enough of this, and how can you question me, and da 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 And the lashing out means I've now lost the poise God wanted me to have, and I have to stop at that point and learn how to gain self-control. Does that make sense? Um, so, so, we have to ask the question, well, what is self-control? You know, is it really about, I, I, the difficult thing is on Sundays especially, we, we do have chocolate on Sundays. And, and once two little bits have been broken off of the bar, I know you never suffer this, once two bits have been broken off the bar, it's just so difficult not to gradually gallop through the whole thing, even though you're pretending you're not. Well, just two more then. Well, just two more, and then, blow, there's only two left. Well, we might as well have those and, you know, tidy it all up. Really, that's not the heart of self-control. But I... I want to just put a foundation in before we look at it and see if this goes right in your own thinking. I want to suggest to you, God is a God of immense pleasure, 
enjoyment, <laughs> delight, laughter, crazy, crazy passion and delight and pleasure surrounds the heart of the Godhead. Did you believe that? I mean, I could go through loads of scriptures, couldn't I? He takes great delight in you. That's a good starter, isn't it? And, 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 and suddenly all this kind of impression that God's a bit of a severe, frowning, forbidding, meanie, wanting to deny, the great denier, is utterly demonic. It has nothing to do with the personality of God. It's demonic. There, it's out. That impression of God as the great denier, the great sort of frowning, you know, when will you jolly well control yourself, is nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. God is the God of pleasure. Thank you, bless you. Can we get that psalm up, 16? Here's a psalm just to quickly prove it. Look at it. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. And what? Eternal pleasures at your right hand. You, you all look really serious tonight. I'm trying to, you know, like, this, this, just stay with me. Eternal pleasures at your right hand. This father of pleasures and joy and delight, who is not a meanie, the closer you get to him, the more he pours out eternal pleasures, both now and forever. Can, can, can I just make it really clear? We are not going to sit on clouds striking harps for a zillion years. I'm sorry for the musicians here. <laughs> Do you understand? There are eternal pleasures from the father of all pleasure because we're made in his image, aren't we? And the more we get to be like him, the more pleasure and enjoyment we're meant to have. Jesus came saying, I've come to give you life. The enemy comes to steal. Did you understand? I'm trying to put a foundation in without which self-control sounds like, yeah, 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 I really need to try and curb my chocolate eating. I don't know why I'm talking about chocolate, but do you understand? He is the God of delight and pleasure. And the devil lies and said, no, he's the frowning denier. And so if he's like that, self-control must mean something profound, which I suggest to you this is. It's more about managing my appetites and my relationships in such a way, listen if you can, that the pleasures this world offers don't get a grip on me and instead I start to taste the eternal pleasures he wants me to have. How many figure his eternal pleasures are a million times better than the pleasures this world offers? So this is not deny yourself, deny yourself. No, this is don't go too far into that zone because the worldly pleasures, if they get a grip on you, will prison you because he never wants you to taste the eternal pleasures of a true father. Do, do you understand? So, so here we are. We're, we're trying to actually self-control is more managing the appetites he's given us in such a way I have a poise and my relationships in such a way that I don't lose it and lash out because then I discover, and I'll illustrate it, pleasures that he really, really has for us. Don't you think God wants a happy people? Don't, seriously, don't you think? Some of think, man, we're serious, aren't we? You know, <gasps> no, please, I understand there are serious things at stake, but sometimes he, he's a dad who would like a happy people. And he'd like us to taste things that, frankly, are a zillion times better than what the world's offering. And self-control is the means to that. I'll illustrate it. Because um, he doesn't want us odd, does he? You meant to say no at this point. 
He really doesn't want us odd, you know, or aesthetic and, you know, I've got self-control and I'm very holy and self-righteous and I fast three times a week and you can see that by my hollow cheeks. I mean, that's just terrible rubbish, isn't it? He d- isn't it? You, yeah, okay, thank you. I, I, I'm winning you. He doesn't want oddness. He wants thriving children of heaven who look a little bit like him. And so all our appetites, you know, let's talk about appetites, shall we? Money? Sex? Oh, goodness. Um, what else is there? Food? <laughs> Sorry. I had, a, I, had, I had a blank then. <laughs> oh, dear. Why is it when you say sex? <gasps> like money, sex, food, drink, um, shopping? IT, television, yes, power, come on, go with me, career, screens, relationships, they're all appetites he's actually given us, not to be kind of like, <gasps> try and squash them up as small as possible so that I can get close to him, is, is rubbish. No, he gave us the appetites, they're a gift from him because we're like him, he just wants us to learn how to manage them. And then we get the very best out of that poise because at his right hand are eternal pleasures. Now, we could spend a whole deal talking about some of those areas, couldn't we? Shouldn't we sometimes? Shouldn't we talk about sex and money and sex and food? Shouldn't we? Otherwise, we get really confused and then ask questions about how do I handle these appetites? How do you do that? Uh, I'll tell you a story. Uh, this is a bit personal, but anyway. Um, so when I was a teenager, I was at boarding school. How many went to boarding school here? Okay, I'll, I'll be praying powerfully afterwards. Uh, I went to boarding school, and uh, honestly, it's a long story. I won't go into it, but it, it, it really profoundly messed me up that I went to boarding school from eight years onwards. It really, really messed me up profoundly. I'm not hitting at boarding schools. It just did for me, okay? Really messed me up. My parents were abroad. I, I think I just felt absolutely bereft. And somewhere around 14 to 15, I began to go after chapel on Sundays to a secret pub in Cheltenham with some mates. And we, we, we began to consume fairly large amounts of beer. It was very cheap beer. You look shocked. You're Anglicans for crying out loud. We're okay, all right? Just, just stay with me. So, so we, we, we did. And I'm, I'm really serious. And I began a life of drinking a lot of alcohol as a teenager. And by my 19, 20 I, at university, we were, I was just getting absolutely drunk. Often. And it was part of my life by now because it was a comfort. Because how many of you know we often get into that stuff as a comfort, not because we're bad people. And so, and so um, I'm nervous telling you the story. Never mind. I'm, I'm in it now. I've got to go through, haven't I? There's no way out. But let me tell you what happened. I then became a Christian at 22, 23. <clears throat> really powerfully met Jesus. And he gave my sin. And I began a new journey. And I'm a new creature. But I'll tell you what. I carried the alcohol into my journey. I didn't carry it by getting drunk. I carried it by needing it along the way quite a lot. And it... It had a part in my life. I, I, I wouldn't go into it. I didn't get drunk. But I knew deep inside I have a dependency on this that I really like it and want it and need it at certain times and it was always there. Um, I got into church leadership. 
I, honestly, my wife has said, I don't remember you drinking heavily. I never did, but it still, I knew, had a grip inside me. Can, can you understand? I'm not against alcohol. Do you understand? It just had a grip. I'm after a grip tonight on any of us to break it and loose us to be able to feel we're in charge again rather than something having a growing sway over me. And so, I, I, honestly, for years and years and years and years, I would look forward to alcohol and lean into it at certain times to comfort certain degrees of pain that was still going on in my life. And about, I don't know, when that went on, sometimes I could control it, sometimes I went a little bit over the edge, had an extra glass, an extra glass. Some occasions I just knew. But I'll tell you what I knew. When I went too far, I would lose fellowship with the Holy Spirit. There are pleasures way better than some pleasures we think are worth it. Did you understand? The pleasure of being in fellowship with him is... <laughs> Anyways, about six years ago, uh, I... Um, no, seven... I want to make it sound longer. It's not that long ago. And my daughter said to me at the tea table, we have these stupid conversations, what should we give up sometimes? Just to kind of like, like kind of try and rein some things in a bit. I, so we're having a conversation about it. And she said, I'm going to give up alcohol for a month. So I said, that's fine, I'll join you. Do you know what the strangest thing, and I, I was very happy, after about three days, I thought, I can't do it. Rubbish. I can't, this is my daughter. I can't do it. I, I was really, really, I don't know what, just felt awful. I can't do this because I'm used to the drink that I like having. And, uh, and I remember going upstairs to the... <laughs> We have a little bathroom next to our bedroom where nobody can find me. If I, don't know. And I, I, I remember, listen, this is what I did. I remember getting on my knees. And I must have been, what am I now? I must have been, I don't know, 60 or something. I remember, this was all, I thought, Lord, all my life I've had a relationship with alcohol that I've never been free of. I'm desperate to get free of that strange little grip. Can you not misquote me? I wasn't drunken. Do you understand? I just had a little relationship with it where it did something for me that he wanted to do for me, but I'd never ever been able to get free of it because it was 40 years. 40 years at least. 45. And I got, I got on my knees in my little bathroom. And I said, Lord, I'm really embarrassed because now I recognize this little grip it's had on me and I, I don't even know whether I can't get free of it unless you help me because it's so much part of my life. And I, I felt really humbled. I thought, oh, goodness me. But it was kind of in the light. How many of you know when we feel really weak and humbled, he comes powerfully to rescue us? I don't want to exaggerate it, but listen, 45 years. And from that moment onwards, I said, Lord, if you could give me a day at a time free of drinking, I'd like to commit the rest of my life to never having alcohol again, but I can't do it without you. And we did a month. I can't, I can't explain to you the weird freedom I began to feel. Like, why, why do I feel so kind of like back in charge? Do you, do you understand? It was, you look at me like I completely ragamuffin. Just bear with me, would you? Because I felt in charge again. I felt like, Oh my goodness. And I thought, can I have another month, Lord? And I thought, Lord, I, I can't do it. You'll have to keep empowering me to say no. And we had weddings coming up, and weddings were my speciality. Three bottles of wine on the table, 
and nobody knows, let's just go for it. <laughs> but certain moments are always for me represented when I would drink. And uh, I said, Lord, can I have another month? I might do a day and then another week. And there's this weird sense of freedom began to come. And I thought, could it be that I'd have the longing of my heart? There's a different pleasure than the pleasure this is doing for me. Because how many of you know when it's the pleasure of the world, it has a sting in it? You feel bad afterwards. Do you understand? The appetite's fine, but for me, the appetite was too messed. I needed to get free of it. And, and long story short, I did a year and I, I just, I can't, it was ridiculous, a sense of freedom. I just thought, I feel so good, I'm free. And I'd go to a wedding, I'd think, no, not for me. I don't make a big song and dance about it. I don't mind who drinks what. It's not my issue. It was the issue. This had a grip on me in a way I knew I wasn't free to say no. And I know that sounds weird because self-control is when we can say no but still enjoy the, the you know, enjoy the, Whatever it is, the food. The, in this case, it had a grip on me and I knew I've got to get free of this and I'll give my whole of my life no alcohol for the sake of being free. And uh, that's six years ago. Still to this day, I had this weird sense of why am I so much better off without it? Well, because I can always find fellowship with him where in the past I would log off for the sake of that pleasure. You will look at me like, well, I've never been like that. Well, that, that's great, but I do want to say, if you ever had a grip before that somehow still got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, I, I, I just think it's time, isn't it, to ask. But I had to humble myself and say, God, I'm so pathetic. I can't, I can't handle this. Would you come and would you give me the power to say no so that I can recover the poise in that area that we're called to have as his children on earth? And it really, to this day, I just thank God for it. And if you think I'm a little bit pathetic, I'm sorry, but I thank God for his kindness to lift me out of that particular grip and give me a freedom where never again does it ever... I don't even think about it. I could have a glass of wine. I don't mind, but I just choose not because I'm free. And uh, so the deal isn't, you know, don't, don't, don't. The deal is... Holy Spirit, I need you, wherever I'm a little bit gripped, I need you to set me free and empower me to say no. And, and honestly, it's not about chocolate in the end, is it? It's about something much bigger. I hope you hear me. I'm not hitting at anything. But how many of you know when the sexual drive gets into pornography, that's a grip that we've got to kind of come clear of and say, God, I, I don't want to be, because it, it, you know, I want to be out of this. But the truth is I can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't give you a spirit of timidity. He gave you the spirit of love, power, and self-control. The Holy Spirit comes and gives us ability to capture back our freedom again where the enemy has sought to snare us in some area that we wish, we wish we could be free of. Wouldn't it be amazing if we all had that poise and I know I've talked about appetites, but it's also the poison relationships, isn't it? Where I've lashed out along the way, lost it like Moses. And then wish, God, I don't want to do that. I want to have a poise in me that in the worst of times, I'm still reigning with your hands on me to keep that reign. I can't remember where this was meant to go, but I'm done.
I know I wanted to read. I'm sorry, I've got a scripture. Are you okay? Just one more minute and I'm going to pray. Could you put that to Timothy? This sounds heavy. I don't want it to sound heavy. I want you just to see what I'm putting it up. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, this is the last days when things will get terrible in the world. And one of the things it says there, it says, without self-control and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. The lie of the enemy is by being lovers of God, you're denied the pleasures this world's enjoying. What I'm trying to bring home tonight, by loving God, you get more pleasure than any pleasure on this earth can ever give. Your love is more precious to me than wine, one song, a song of Solomon once says. Your love is more precious than wine. So I wanted just to suggest, if, if any of you here felt, I just would like some more empowering to be in control of my appetites or whatever. Or if, I'll be really straight with you, I've tried to put it out. If any of you here feel I'm a bit gripped by something, whatever it is, and I can't seem to get the better of it, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to give you, you know, the reins back in your life again to say no. I'd love just to pray because I know the powerful name of Jesus tonight will break any grip and leave you free to embark like I, it took me time you know I thought one week I thought one day at first then I thought one week <laughs> and a month and then you hear the sound of freedom coming to your life so could you stand up and we could just pray is that, is that okay alright hi stay with me because I might hmm. what are you feeling Should we just ask the Holy Spirit just to come and be present with amongst us here? Just why don't you wind down and remember, <laughs> this Father is a Father of immense joy. At His right hand there are pleasures that are eternal. Father, we, 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 we don't want to be odd religious jerks. We'd love to be children who reflect you well on the earth. And uh, we, we invite your presence, Father, because where you are, there's freedom. We invite your presence here, dear Holy Spirit. Lord, we invite you to do what you do best, which is to break chains. We invite you to snap yokes of addiction in any way that, you know, amongst our journeys we got snared. We invite you. Now just take a moment and pause and let any heaviness go. Holy Spirit, would you show us if there's any area you want to give us some freedom in tonight? It could just be when you lash out in anger. It's become a habit. When you're under pressure, you lash out. He wants to help you. I know these kids are coming back in, but just stay with me. I'd like you to close your eyes for a minute if you haven't. Could you just close your eyes for a minute? Because I don't want us to look at each other. I want us to look towards the one who loves you. If any of you here think, I could do with a bit of empowerment for some things that are snaring me at the moment. Things which are just dogging me. Appetite, reactions. 
And I want you just to put your hand up if you'd like a bit of prayer tonight for those things. Can you wave at me and just be really honest, humble, honest, please. I'm asking for that tenderness that says, okay, all right, put your hands down. So, um, thank you. Because by being honest, you're inviting his rescue. And I, you know, I had to be honest about the wine. (laughs) I really did because I felt embarrassed at 60 to be struggling with something that had dogged me. And I'm going to do this just as maybe I know it's a bit late now. I'd actually like us to pray for you individually, but you don't have to say a word. It doesn't. Nobody needs to know what it is. He's the one that knows and rescues. And if you, if you want to, if you put your hand up and you want to, um, maybe you could just come and stand out here, and we can just pray for you. Would you, would you mind doing that? I, I just know he, he wants to do it tonight. He wants to start. Come on, Let's, those of you, put your hand up if you want to. Let's have you stand in a row here. Thank you. And. Um, What a powerful name he has. What a powerful name he has. What a powerful name, the name of Jesus. Come on. Let's, Tim, come and stand with me here. Um, Wow. Bless you guys. So anybody else? I'm going to ask you. Anybody else here? There's some difficult areas like pornography and alcohol and, you know, IT and screens and things that we just... Whatever it is, he knows. And I'll tell you what, he likes to break the heavy yoke. Just um, while Paul's sharing there, and that, that response to come forward is hard, isn't it? Because we, we make ourselves vulnerable. And instantly our mind was thinking, oh, I wonder what everyone else is thinking about me. <laughs> well, the truth is no one's thinking anything about you. The Father sees you and loves you and wants to minister to you. And as Paul's saying that, this, this familiar verse popped into my head straight away. Isaiah 40, for you guys who have come forward, for all of us, this is speaking of, of God. It's in Isaiah 40, and, and the title says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Now that is the Father who sees you right here, right now, all of us who are standing here, and you, those of you who have come forward. His first response to you is not one of accusation, it's not one of challenge, not one of judgment, not one of a kind of disapproving look. He says, comfort, comfort my people. And there's this beautiful verse in verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. And I just had this image of you guys who have come forward of, you know, we feel so vulnerable in those moments, don't we? We feel so exposed. We feel maybe really weak. Or like Paul, we feel really ashamed. And our instinct is, is to run to the bathroom, to the place where no one can see us. And that's okay, because God in instinct, as a protective father, a father of comfort, is to pick you up in his arms and hold you in embrace that does exactly that. It shelters you away from accusation of others. It shelters you from accusation of the enemy. It shelters you from your own accusation that shouts to yourself judgment and hatred. And he holds you close to his heart and says, listen to my heartbeat, which is one of freedom, which is one of delight and comfort and healing. And as we humble ourselves, God lifts the humble, carries you in his arms. So as, as Paul's going to pray in a moment, as people are going to pray, you are held in the Father's embrace. Not in a place of judgment, not in a place of crush, crushing your spirit, but in a place of healing. Because the heartbeat of the Father causes your heartbeat to find a rhythm that matches his heavenly heartbeat. And in it you find wholeness and healing and oneness with the Father.
So I'm going to ask you, can we all pray in the room here? And if you could say this prayer after me as a doorway for the Holy Spirit to come. So if you just, all of us, to stand with one another here. Father in heaven, let me hear it again. Father in heaven, I confess to the areas that have held a grip on me. To habits or addictions. And tonight in Jesus' name, I repent of these things. I don't want them in my life. I want to be free and back in charge. Come and help me, Holy Spirit, with your powerful rescue so that I can walk into my freedom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to take authority over every grip of the enemy. Then I'm going to ask the church praying team here just to come and minister to each of you after I've taken that prayer of authority. Listen, this is not heavy. Remember, this is the power of Jesus. And you just say, I'll have everything, please, Lord. I like the lot. I want every bit of freedom I can have. Is that, he, he loves that kind of attitude. I want every bit I can. So I'm going to pray a prayer and break the hold of anything you're standing here for and we really appreciate you coming and just standing and saying I want freedom. Jesus thank you for the power of your name thank you for the power of the cross where you took everything everything on the cross so that we could have the inheritance of freedom and a future so in your powerful name Jesus I take authority here over everything people are standing here for every grip, every habit every long standing wrestle I take authority over it in the name of Jesus and I break the power of these grips over each of you in turn I break the power of these grips in the name of Jesus and I loose you in his powerful name from that which has held you pegged down.